Pastor, I think we are ready for you. There we go. Now we're cooking. Um, a hard year and a half, you know, for not only Calvary, uh, FSBC, all the churches uh, in America. It's been tough, and and um, things happen in our lives that cause us to think sometimes that. Man, what's going on? Have you felt that way this past year and a half? Well, um, one of the things that has kind of kept me up is realizing that God's in control. God's in control. God's always in control. God's always been in control. He uh, knows what's going on. And not only is he in, he in control, but um, Paul wrote a letter to the Ephesians, and and that letter to, that he wrote to the church at Ephesus is one of the most lofty uh, books of Scripture in the Bible. Uh, it's encouraging to... Okay, I, I don't, I'm not going to do well holding this mic, I'm telling you right now. But this letter written to this church that Paul loved, and he spent a lot of time with it. If I just laid this down, can you hear me? Okay, I'm just going to lay it right here then, so I don't have to work. I like to talk with my hands. Kind of like a Ferrari spinning its tire when it takes off. <laughs> so 
Uh, I just want you to listen carefully or read along with me as I, uh, I read uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise and the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. He made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his kind intentions, which he purposed in him, with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times. That is, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in the heavens and things on the earth. In him... Also, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will. To the end that we who were first to hope in Christ would be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, Having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Now, my points today are going to be based on this scripture, and they're going to be, uh, there's five of them, and they're about 30 minutes a point. No. No, we'll get out of here as soon as I see the first person pass out from hunger, I quit. <laughs> Blessed, before, blameless, beloved, and branded. Now, I told you that uh, this church was one of Paul's, uh, it was one of his jewels in his missionary journey. He had great success at Ephesus. You can find the background to establishing the church in, in Acts chapter 18 and the end of the chapter and on into 19, uh, two different visits. The second visit, Paul stayed there um, about three years. Uh, Apollos and uh, uh, Priscilla and Aquila had done work there, and Paul came in and, and just, it was like a jet engine, it, it took off. And, and then uh, Paul uh, wrote First uh, and Second Timothy, who Timothy was pastoring, or, or he was leading the work there at Ephesus uh, when Paul was in prison. Uh, he loved this church. He cared about this church, and he sent this letter to encourage them. And 
And what I want this letter to do is to encourage us today. Well, the first point, blessed, verse 3. Paul writes and he reminds them of the great spiritual wealth they have been given uh, in Christ Jesus. And, and we identify with that. We have been given a great spiritual wealth also. Notice he doesn't say uh, God has blessed us with some spiritual blessings. He doesn't say God has blessed us with some spiritual gifts. He doesn't say many or some. He says all with every spiritual blessing. Written to the saints that were at Ephesus, people that had been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ had received every spiritual blessing. Chapter 2, 5, he would go on to say to them, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. But by grace, you've been made alive. You see, what was written to them 2,000 years ago applies to every body, uh, individual body of Christ throughout the United States, the world today. We have been blessed with every spiritual blessing, and we've been saved by grace. What does it mean to be saved with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. When we think of blessings, almost uh, nine and nine-tenths of people will say, how's God blessed you? Well, you know what? I prayed for a parking spot and I got one. How many times have you heard that? Or, you know, we were facing trouble in our life and we prayed and God removed the trouble uh, from in front of us. Uh, we had a breakdown and suddenly we had the money to fix it and that's when what we think about spiritual blessings I'll tell you when I think about about blessings of uh, I feel blessed to have the wife I have I feel blessed to have the children I have I have I'm super blessed to have the grandkids I have <laughs> Those aren't spiritual blessings. Those are earthly, physical blessings. There can be some spiritual blessings among those, but they're not spiritual blessings. The spiritual blessings come from the Spirit of God. We think of blessings, we think about material, tangible things such as wealth, health, notoriety, things we can see, feel, and touch, but those are not the spiritual blessings. Those are temporal blessings, and they can all be taken away. But the spiritual blessings we have are given to us so that we have everything we need to do what God has called us to do. The spiritual blessings have to do with God's purpose, not our happiness. We have a hard time getting our minds wrapped around that sometimes. That we're not here because God loves us and wants us to be happy. 
We're here because God loves us and wants to grant us the grace to be used in his purpose for the world. We've been given everything we need to serve him now. And the verses 4 through 7 tell us about those blessings that he has given us. He chose us. He chose us. He chose me. And unless you know me, and unless you've walked in my shoes, you don't realize the humility of knowing that God chose me. I am absolutely and totally inadequate to serve God. But that didn't stop him from choosing me. Because it's not about me. It's not about my adequacy. It's about God's power and his sovereignty. The power of his spirit working in. I don't care who you are or where you've been or what you've done. When you allow the spirit of God to run free in your life, you have the power of God in you. To do whatever God's called you to do. He chose us. Not only did he choose us, he continues to choose us through eternity. We are secure in our salvation. Jesus himself said in John 10, 28, And I give eternal life to them, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. We are secure in that salvation. We have been blessed with that. In Hebrews 7.25, Therefore he is able to save forever those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. Jesus Christ is before the throne of God this very moment praying for you, praying for Calvary Baptist Church, praying for uh, First Southern. He's making intercession on our behalf. That don't make the hair on the back of your head stand up. That's if you got any. <laughs> Christ is making intercession before the Father right now. And Paul lays out through the course of the letter just how those spiritual blessings pile up and how we are to live with the things freely given to us by God. We're not only blessed, but we were blessed before the foundation of the world. Before the foundation of the world. God decided that salvation would come through Jesus the Christ. When um, everything was in chaos and the earth was void and formless and darkness was over the face of the deep, God saw you sitting there 
today. He saw me standing here today before the foundation of the world. He knew me. He knew you. One of my favorite verses in scripture is found in, in Psalm 139, 13 through 16, where the psalmist writes, For you formed my inward parts, you wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance. And in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. We just went through a, a, a little emergency in our life. Uh, Donna had to have a pacemaker put in. I hope you don't mind me telling everybody, Donna. I told the doctor, listen, I need a remote control for that thing so I can speed her up and slow her down. And he said, well, I want to tell you something. It doesn't come with a mute button. So, But she was laid in the hospital, and there was an emergency. Uh, uh, and she um, was in distress, and a team of nurses came in, and, and all of a sudden people were all around her bed, and there were... Uh, there was a, an emergency, and I was pasted up against the wall watching, and I, my actual thoughts were, oh, God, don't take her from me. I know that you can. I know it's your right. But I beg you, don't let her go now. And I knew that the days of her life had been ordained, and if that was the day, she wasn't going to see tomorrow, whether I liked it or not. It's hard to swallow, to say, God, you're sovereign. I trust you no matter what. He formed us, he knew us, he ordained the days of our life. In Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you and have appointed you a prophet to the nations. Not only did God know you before the foundation of the world, not only did he choose you in Christ, but he also had laid out the plan for you to serve him and how to serve him. I don't fully understand it all because I'm human and I'm not very smart. Just ask Donna. She'll tell you. But God was involved in who we are from before conception. And each one of us is unique and each one of us is given a spiritual gift. It's part of those blessed us with every spiritual blessing, but he's uniquely gifted each one of us here today with a spiritual gift that is different from everybody else's spiritual gift 
It's uniquely designed for you, and you are to implore it in serving others. That's what First Peter says. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another. The church body uh, is meant to be uh, like a beehive where uh, the different assignments go to different people and they all do their assignments and what's the result of that is a big old pot of honey. Too many times what happens in the church is the bees just like to hang out in the hive. They don't go out and drink the nectar, bring it back to make the honey. He's given us a special gift. In 1 Corinthians 2.12 says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may know and uh, and all the earth and that go, wait a minute, something got messed up here. That we may know the things freely given to us. Nothing was messed up, I just tried to jump ahead and skip a page so you guys could get to lunch earlier, but it doesn't make sense that way, so I'm going to go ahead and fill. <laughs> Heavenly blessings are for us to do what God has called us to do. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. If you trust God with all your heart, lean on on your own understanding, you'll discover that gift that he's given you. You'll employ it in service of others. The church will become a vibrant place, just like the beehive. My third point, blameless. He says that we would, uh, we would be holy and blameless before him in love. Holy and blameless before him in love. He says to them in Ephesians 5, 27, that he may present himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. Above reproach. 1 Corinthians, or Colossians 1, 22 says, Yet... He has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. If we are going to be worker bees or queen bees or I don't know what other kind of bees there are. I'm not a, what do you call someone that knows about bugs? I don't know. But I do know this, that when they're cooperating, things happen. And, and the bees do what they're supposed to do. And, and what God has told us is that we need to be above reproach. We need to live a life that reflects him in what we do. When we're in church, when we're home, we even need to reflect Christ when we're asleep. 
There needs to be something different about us. First Peter 1, 13 through 16 says, Therefore, prepare your minds for action. I like gird up your mind for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lust which were yours in your ignorance, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior, because it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. Well, one of the things that we don't like is we don't like that responsibility to be holy, do we? We don't like it. We like to say stuff like, I'm only human. We make mistakes. And we do. And that's true. I'm not saying we're not human or that we don't make mistakes. But our heart ought to be striving to be holy. Second Peter or Second Timothy 1.9 says, Who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity. We've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. We're, we're just beloved by God, and he's given us all that so that we might live holy lives, that we might... Uh, live in the power of the Holy Spirit, that we might make choices based on what God has called us to do. Saved us and he called us with a holy calling. God chose us before the foundation of the world. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing according to his own purpose. He's adopted us as sons. Why? Why did he do all that? So that we could fulfill the Great Commission. All authority is being given me in heaven on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. In Luke 19.10, Jesus said, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. First Timothy, Paul tells Timothy, God desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Peter says this in 2 Peter 3.9, Not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. It's a great commission because it's a, a great undertaking uh, from a great God and a great Savior. And it's a great work that he's called us to. Before his ascension, he said to those disciples, you shall be my witnesses. Right here in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and everywhere in the world. That's his purpose. Uh, want to know what 
God gifted me with a special gift, and what's that special gift for? How do I employ it? I employ it in reaching people. People are going to die and go to a godless hell. That's our purpose. Our, our real soul bottom line purpose is to bring glory to God. And how do we bring glory to God? By uh, extending the gospel presentation to as many people as possible. That they receive it and are saved and become part of the bride of Christ. And that brings Christ glory and that brings God glory. We're his witnesses precisely because we are beloved, adopted as sons, according to his will, verse 6, to the praise and the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. The beloved. In Matthew 3.17, when Jesus was being baptized, the heavens opened up and the voice of God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. In Matthew 17, 5, when he took his disciples up on that mount of transfiguration and, and he was transfigured before their eyes, uh, the voice of God came out of uh, heaven saying, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. Listen to him. We have become sons, children, through the Son by his blood. Verse 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. We have become beloved. We have become family. We are in the family of God. We are brothers and sisters, spiritually adopted into uh, the family of God through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? Praise God. John says this in 1 John 3, 2. Beloved, speaking to the church, now we are children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. Who is against us? When we are with Jesus. And my last point, and I'll finish. How many of you are hungry? Well, I can keep going. We got one in the back's hungry. Last point, we're branded. We're branded. 
in verse 13 says, In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. You know, cattle ranchers brand cattle. You know why they brand cattle? So they can tell them apart from everybody else's. You got a brown that says uh, uh, CBC, Calvary Baptist Church, on your hip, and you're roaming in the grasslands up there and uh, get through the fence. Uh, that farmer uh, comes up and he looks at that and he says, Well, that cow right there belongs to Calvary Baptist Church. It's got the CBC right on it. When we received Jesus Christ, we were branded with a, a spiritual brand that causes people to recognize us as belonging to God. And, and though that brand's not evidence, we don't have a, a belongs to God on our forehead, our, our actions, our attitudes, our attributes, the way we behave in the world ought to let people know there's something different about that person. They belong to God. Have you ever bumped into somebody somewhere that you've never seen before in your life and within about 30 seconds you know they are a fellow believer? You recognize the brand. We've been branded. Romans 8 9 says, However, you were not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. We've been branded when, when you've been born again and the spirit of God has been added to you. It changes who you are. Romans tells us that if we don't have the Spirit, we don't belong to it. We're not branded. We don't belong to it. Romans 8.16 says, The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. We know it. You know that you know that you know because the Spirit within you is testifying to that fallen, broken spirit that you possess that you belong to God. You just know it. I can't explain it, but I know that I know that I know. Because even when people can't see the Spirit of God in you, He's there telling your spirit, you shouldn't be doing that. You belong to God. God's not going to be happy with that action. You know it. I know it. The Holy Spirit corrects us in a gentle way and sometimes a not so gentle way. Wake you up in the middle of the night in a dead sweat because you're scared to death. But you're not doing what God wants you to do. The Spirit won't let you sleep until you get it right. 1 Corinthians 2, 12 and 13 says, Now we have received... Not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. So that we may know the things freely given to us 
by God. Which things we also speak not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. It shows up in how we live. It shows up in how we live. And, and, and I want to close with this passage of Scripture that ought to give us courage, ought to give us joy, ought to let us know it doesn't matter uh, if five pandemics come and, and everything turns upside down. We are still winners. Romans 8, 26 through 37 says, In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who's against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all. How will he not also with him freely give us all things? Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died Yes, rather, who was raised, who, had, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? No. Just as it is written... For your sake, we are being put to death all day long. We were considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. We're blessed. We were blessed before the foundation of the world. We are declared blameless and expected to live in a, a way that uh, lives up to that decoration that we're blameless. We're beloved by 
God through Jesus Christ. And we have been branded with the Holy Spirit of promise that was placed in us. Troubling times that we are facing. Troubling times that we've been through. But they really don't 